Yes, Jesse, as the days pass and I witness the insane, deranged, and criminal behavior of the liberal left, people like yourself, I'm convinced more than ever that electing Donald Trump was the right thing for the future of America. You fit all these criteria, Dolly Madison. You're, de you're a deranged douchebag. And you dishonor the Marine Corps. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 708 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today with the lovely, talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. Well, I think we should talk about the latest event in our lives for which people can judge us. Because we, we like to put ourselves out there for the judgment of the public. Yeah, we we have taken <laughs> we have taken a step in our dog ownership status. I'm not that, sure how I feel about it. Well, well, we'll get to that. But you had this text message that you kept getting or something, right? Some alert on your phone about a delivery that was coming? Yeah, some at some point, apparently, I signed up for FedEx alerts. So I've been getting, like, for the last week, like you said, intermittent text messages from FedEx saying, hey, this is where your package is, da-da-da-da. And I've been perplexed. Like, what, what, what did I order? What is coming? Mm -hmm. You know, because every once in a while, you'll be on... You know, Instagram, you'll see, oh, that looks like a something that's for sure going to be terrible, and you buy it. Uh huh. And then it comes, and it's absolutely a piece of shit. Yeah. So I thought maybe it was one of those moments. Right, right. And uh, it wasn't. It arrived yesterday, and it's a stroller for, <laughs> for Popeye. Yeah. So now we have a dog stroller for well, Popeye. Listen, let's. I think the, uh, the our regular audience understands why we have a, a stroller for our dog. Do but they? For those of you who don't or have tuned in and tuned out about Popeye, we have a nine-year-old. Almost nine. Yeah. Next month. Not a, not a walking dog. He no. has a trouble walking. He's mm -hmm. blind. There's all kinds of problems with Popeye. Well, he also, he doesn't like to walk. When we first got him, you tried to force him on walks and eventually he would just throw himself on the ground at the end of the driveway That's, and refuse to move that at the end of the driveway we can go right to go to the yard or go left to go onto the sidewalk and, and walk right and uh if we go left he'd know oh this isn't a potty trip yeah you're trying to fucking torture me bro right he would throw himself down all 50 pounds of this one-foot dog. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was a no-go unless I was going to drag him. Yeah. So that's why we have the stroller, because we want to take him, like if we go on trips or something, like we've been talking about going to the Grand Canyon, and we can't just take him with us on a trip because he doesn't want to walk anywhere. So now we have the stroller 
so that we can take him places and we can take him on walks with us, yeah, which yeah. he would love because he loves to be around us. He doesn't like being left at home, but he doesn't actually want to do the work of walking. I just when I think of someone who has a stroller for their dog, invariably images of like uh, Paris Hilton come to mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this giant involved stroller for this little tiny teacup chihuahua. Yeah. And that's. <laughs> One, we had to get a hefty deal. Right, because he's 52 pounds. Yeah, he's a he's a big dog. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a snarling maniac when you try to lift him up. I don't know how we're going to get him in there. Well. I'll have to put on, like, <laughs> chainmail armor or whatever it's called. Well, he'll tolerate it. I mean, there's there's been times where he just had some ligament in his leg that he pulled, like, six months ago. And he was struggling to walk. And even then, he didn't like being picked up. I had to carry him to the yard every day, which was a nice little workout for me. But also, I was dodging and weaving the chomps <laughs> that he he was trying to get at my head. He so. turns into a snapping turtle. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think it'll be good for him. I think it will be a good time. There will be judgments from the audience and from people that encounter us in public. Just general passersby. And I understand it. I understand it. Feel free to engage with that. No, don't feel free. Stow your fucking, your 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 insults <laughs> and your critique. We don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying, feel free to do what you want to do. I'm, I am happy with my choice. I'm you happy hear with this? my decision. You hear this? That's me hitting the fucking delete button on the keyboard. Wow. <laughs> no wow. one no one heard it. It yeah. didn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> nice attempt there, but uh yeah. Damn me for buying a silent keyboard. Mm-hmm. We should invest in one for you. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. that is where we are in life. We apologize for being those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh thank you for joining us. Uh big episode. As always, we're going to start with a little listener communication as Popeye gets into his bed uh, with incredulity. Hey, guys, it's Carissa. Um, boy, I'm sounding a lot happier these days, motherfuckers. Oh, I'm so <laughs> happy that motherfucker lost the election. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. I'm so fucking happy. Um, sorry. Um, anyway... Here's my hope. I know he's being a big baby now and stuff, but here's my hope is that, like, they can't get him out of office and they just start throwing his shit on the front lawn and then they need to play, like, a Taylor Swift or, like, a Rihanna breakup song. (laughs) They're throwing his shit out and fucking U-Haul up front. Just give him all the respect that he gave us. Anyways, love the show even more now because it causes me a lot less anxiety just talking about this stuff. You guys aren't the only ones I could like listen to all the way through this. So anyway, um, super happy. Not drunk yet. Um, gonna wait for the weekend. All right, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So that's a very nice message from Carissa about being able to listen to us during this whole time, being the only people that she could listen to during this whole time. Absolutely. We had people, we actually had someone on Twitter send us a message saying that they stopped listening to, I believe, all political podcasts during the Trump administration just because they couldn't handle it. Mm. And then they checked back in with us, I guess, after years and that we were still great. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. Um, as a matter of full disclosure, we have, <laughs> we have also gotten emails and messages 
the people tuned out and then came back, and we were just as terrible as before. Well, you can't please everybody. <laughs> you cannot. That is a fact. You cannot please everybody. Nor, nor, by the way, do I endeavor to do so. I don't want to fucking please everybody. Hashtag not for everyone. Not. That is a good hashtag. That yeah. that sums us up. Yes. We're not for everybody. But I, I appreciate how excited and happy Carissa is. You can hear it. It's it's coming across in a very uplifting way. I'm not quite there. <laughs> I'm still feeling a lot of concern <laughs> for what is happening with Donald Trump firing everyone at the Pentagon yeah, and putting in like shit. conspiracy theorists and Mike Pompeo saying that we're moving forward with the transition to the next Trump administration. We're in a situation where, I mean, how many Republicans have come out? Very few. It's alarming yeah. that they are all continuing to be complicit in this. I mean, even, well, it's great that you mentioned this because I could just play the clip. We, I wasn't sure whether we we're going to get to it. But the, the, those that have come out have really let themselves be known, like Mitt Romney, for instance. He came out and he is talking about working with Biden. But really, the what he's talking about is working against Biden. That, hey, listen, yeah, Donald Trump is bad. I'm going to be up to my old fucking tricks about harming the poor and implementing t terrible fucking Republican policies. Here he is with Jake Tapper. Uh, I'm not going to talk about my vote. That's in the rearview mirror. I'm going to talk now about uh, how I can work with the new president. Uh, I, I know he's on the other side of the aisle, but I want to make sure that we conservatives keep on fighting to make sure that we don't have a Green New Deal. We don't get rid of uh, gas and coal and, and oil. Uh, that we don't have a Medicare for all plan put in place, that we don't raise taxes on American enterprise, that would kill the economy. So, uh, look, I, I, uh, I congratulate him, but I'm not going to uh, put aside conservative principles. We're going to fight for the things that we believe in. Well, and this is a perfect example of what we've been talking about over the past few episodes, because there's been a lot of credit given to people like Mr. Kelly on Conway, what's his name? George Conway. George Conway. <laughs> and I couldn't think of his name, so yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. that's the path that I went down. Um, and all the people that were a part of the Lincoln Project is that... Rick Wilson, Steve Schmidt. Right. Yeah. If, if Republicans are expressing disapproval of Donald Trump, then they are ultimately on your team. Yeah. Oh, th that is... A, it has been a... Picking teams, picking sides. Oh, they're on our team. Don't criticize them. Right. I mean, like you, we talked about last time a little bit, AOC criticized the Lincoln Project. Yeah. And Democrats were coming for her. Yes. It's come the fuck on. Right. Saying that the people who are a part of the Lincoln Project sacrificed a lot. Yeah. Put I mean, a lot on the line. Listen, <laughs> what Mitt Romney just intimated, what he just talked about is what the Lincoln Project stands for. No to a new new Green Deal. Don't get rid of oil and gas. So they're saying we we not only do not want to combat climate change, we want to accelerate it. We're fucking okay with the existential threat that faces our fucking planet. And he wants that. He uh no Medicare for all. What? We don't want people to have universal and free access to health care to protect their lives. No. And then, of course, the peace, the resistance, the, uh, oh, don't tax business. Don't stifle American enterprise. Get the fuck out of here. This is what 
with, without Trump, even though he's not going to be gone, this is now the new battleground. It's really a fight for the nation. Well, and I would hope that for those of us who are passionate about policy issues, when we encounter people in our lives that are really invested in politics only because of the rah-rah team element, right? They just want Democrats to win. They don't necessarily care about the policy differences. Yeah. So many of those people out there. Hopefully there's still a way to engage with them that that highlights the importance of being able to focus on policy differences and not just say, okay, because this person dislikes Donald Trump and disrespects Donald Trump doesn't mean that they actually support or would be on board for the policies that would transform this country that we desperately need. Yeah. So I think that's the most important takeaway here. Let me add this to Chris's thing. Uh, I also enjoy moments, a little, little moments of respite where I fantasize about Donald Trump shits being thrown out onto the ground. <laughs> However, it really is going to be just the, the Mayflower trip truck pulls up and they it's going to be a normal transfer of power. Mm. Although it would be great. It would be great. Well, also, let's talk about that really quick. Do you think he will ever concede? No. Yeah, I don't think no, so either. He's not going to ever formally concede. Mm-hmm. His concession will be, as Chris is talking about, his shit being moved from one place to another. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Carissa. As always, we love you and appreciate you. And uh, your 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 gift in perpetuity to the show, the uh, the drop. Love the show, Brittany's the best part. Bye. All right, moving on. Hey Jesse and Brittany, it's Ben V in Knoxville. I'm listening to episode 707, and you guys are discussing. Uh, you guys and gals are discussing. Uh, basically, uh, you got a, the caller from the UK about how to approach Republicans, and what Democrats need to do moving forward. And, and I, personally, I think that the, the biggest mistake that Democrats make, and, and Jesse, you're actually, we're talking about this, is that they try to appeal to other Republican uh, representatives instead of owning, you know, being proud of the, the quote-unquote socialist programs that they have successfully implemented that everyone loves. I think that they run away from, uh, the populist uh, side of the Democratic Party, and they try to play the middle ground. And that's what deflates any motivation or respect from the American people for the Democratic Party. They need to own the the programs that they have put out there, and they need to own populist uh, strategies and move forward from there. Thanks. I'm... I'm getting, um, I don't want to say tired of, of this conversation because that's not what I'm thinking. But since we do very little editing and this is the way the show runs, I'm just going to think out loud in real time. Yeah. And we've been talking for many episodes about how do we deal moving forward with Trump supporters. And this thought came to me after all the voicemails we've gotten, all the discussion we've had about this. And here's the deal, people. You deal with Trump supporters the same fucking way you've dealt with them for four years because nothing's changed. They didn't all of a sudden become deal with a bull or less deal with a bull. They're <laughs> fucking the same goddamn people who you've had Thanksgiving dinner with, who you've seen on Facebook and Twitter. You just deal with them the same way. They haven't changed. Going forward, they're there. Trumpism is still with us, alive and well. There's no new strategy now that Donald Trump has been beaten. 
Yeah, I think everyone is just surprised by the number of people that witnessed what we've all witnessed over the past four years and said, okay, yeah, more. More, oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. And I think that's primarily what's motivating it. But that is a great point, that people are kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, this is a unique situation. What do we do now? When really, it's not unique. It is. These people have been in our lives. We've been talking to them. It's just that maybe you know there are more of them now than you thought there were. Which, by the way, isn't a... A nerve-settling thought. That That is an anxiety-inducing fucking bummer that there are more of them. Now, thankfully, there, look, there is a bright side here. They've, they've let, let it be known that they're, 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 they're loud and proud. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not... It's like in 2016 when Donald Trump won and we were like, whoa, what the fuck? We had no idea there was this much support for him because they were cowards, because they kept their fucking mouths shut. That's not the case anymore. They're out there. I saw a guy this weekend wearing a fucking MAGA hat. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, ashamed. Mm-hmm. They're not going to demure. They're, they're, they're going to stick around and you deal with them the same way you have. Well, part of the conversation, I think, might be also that we may have been under the impression that, okay, there will be a certain number of people that witness all of this and then decide, I can't I can't support this person. That we had kind of assumed that we have this baseline shared value set in America that Donald Trump violated many of the values that we all share. Yeah, sure. And so it was kind of shocking to learn that so many people evidently don't care about those values or don't share those values that they still voted for Donald Trump. And so I think that's what's kind of resetting this conversation of if we can't change people's minds by them witnessing the terrible behavior and witnessing what actually has been happening to people, then how do we move forward? I think that's maybe what's happening too. It it, it makes me think about being raised. I'll give a little bit of a shout out to my parents here, which I've never done on the show or really in the last, you know, Decade and a half. That something that they did in raising me, talking about liberty all the time and e- equality, as the, the Constitution covering everybody, you know, equal justice under the law, equal protection for everybody. It, it, they're certainly not. They don't embody those principles. They, they you know, they believe homosexuals are sinners and going to burn in hell. They believe, you know, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. You know, they believe terrible fucking things. But something that they did really does have me believe, really did have me believe in equality and the Constitution being for everybody and had me as a young adult watching the show Cops and flying into fits of rage because their people's constitutional rights are being violated. So when I look at Republicans now who don't have a problem with somebody like George Floyd being murdered on camera, who don't have a problem with police brutality, who say, oh, why don't you just go along, do what the cop says, comply, and everything will be fine. Hmm. These people don't really believe in the the core values that America ostensibly represents, like you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Republicans don't really believe in that. They just believe in it for their in-group. They take on board the Lindsey Graham way of looking at things and say, look, you're fine if you're black in South Carolina 
as long as you're a conservative. You can go anywhere you want in the state if you're a conservative. Meaning, what he leaves out is, if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal, you're not safe to go and, and, and freely be in society. That's not an American ideal. That's not even a Republican ideal the way I was raised. So, I'm not a fucking part of that fucking cult anymore. Anyway, Ben, thanks for the call. Moving on. Hey, Desi. Hey, Brittany. This is Wamara. I'm a Nigerian-American from West Virginia. Don't mean the west side of Virginia. I mean West Virginia, the coal mining country. And I point that out because for the past 12 years, I have dealt with, me and a lot of people who live there, have dealt with the Trumpers who were the birthers when they were pre-Trumpers. And we dealt with the insanity then. And then they became Trumpers. And West Virginia is Trump country. Like, it's so much Trump country that he got elected November 2016. Me and my family moved to Texas because it was less racist in March 2017. That's how much West Virginia is Trump country. For some reason, they vote against their own interests there. Don't understand it. Would have to analyze that another time. One thing I've learned with living with these people for the past 12 years and trying to be the better person, looking at the higher ground. Oh, I went to high school with them. Obviously, they're not this fucking bad. I've realized they've only gotten marked. It's like they've been on X game roads since the second term of Obama's presidency, and they got like a power up when Trump became president. And now it's like, yes, I can be outwardly, outwardly racist. I can talk about immigrants. Look, okay, in West Virginia, this is really stupid because it's a 1% minority there, and there's like 10 immigrants, one of which was my dad, and he doesn't even live there anymore. So I don't understand what their problem is. But one thing I've learned is you can't compromise. Why? Because they're not going to. They're not going to move from their brainwashed level of thinking that the other person is doing them wrong. We spent too many years compromising for a crumb and then that crumb being snatched away because we're worried about other people's feelings. Like they say, fuck their feelings, because if you don't care that if people like me can be killed on the street and that racist and that we're dealing with systemic racism, why should I give a fuck about your feelings? Let's save the earth. Let's reform the criminal justice system. That's it. Like, fuck anything else. Thank you. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. It is. She's touching on the same thing that we just talked about a little bit, that after the election, let me say this. How many times, how many videos that went viral did you watch that was an altercation between a white person and a person of color where politics wasn't involved at all? And the white person started screaming, Trump, Trump got elected, Trump, this Trump, that, Mm. you know what I mean? I mean, this is, 
This is what the Republican Party, and make no mistake, the Republican Party is Trump now. That is what it is. The Republican Party is about racism. It is about white supremacy. And if it wasn't, it wouldn't be the first thing that came to people's fucking minds when they were having an argument with somebody of color. Well, and this kind of goes to the all the calls for unity and coming together that we've been seeing. And we can't do that until we figure out what happened here, right? Let's shut this thing down until we figure out what the hell's going on. That's right. Until we figure out what the hell is going on. But seriously, <laughs> that's what we need to do because we need to figure out why so many people were unconvinced by the issue of racism in Donald Trump's administration and his approach to life generally. Yeah. That they continued to vote for him in the face of elevating white supremacy and encouraging white domestic terrorism. That really is a central problem that we need to look into and figure out before we can move forward and unify. <laughs> and in fact, asking people of color specifically to unify and put the past behind them, that's abusive. That's asking them to do what they have been asked to do throughout the history of this country, which yeah. is put the past behind them and hope for the best. We need to figure out what happened here and really analyze it and figure out how to move forward. You, you direct messaged me a tweet this morning. That was a hard thing to you direct message. <laughs> you sent me a direct message on Twitter. How's that? Yeah. At this morning. And it was a guy that I've seen the photo before, but he's he's setting up all these flags outside his van to sell. And there's Trump flags. There's a Blue Lives Matter, you know, thin blue line flag. There's the don't tread on me fucking dipshit flag. There's a Nazi flag. There's a Confederate flag. And the tweet was like, listen, if you're asking me to unify with this guy, to make amends with this guy, fuck you, I'm out. I'm paraphrasing. It wasn't quite that vulgar. But really, this is what people are asking. And that's a heavy, heavy lift. It's an unreasonable thing to ask, certainly, of black and brown Americans. Yeah, especially when you're saying, like, put the put the past behind us. And I've seen some of that. Yeah. where It's like, let's just put what has happened behind us. No, <laughs> we need to figure out what the hell's going on, and then we can move forward, just like yeah. Donald Trump said. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take the advice of their <laughs> Lord and Savior, just like Donald Trump said. Yeah. Anyway, I couldn't, I didn't catch the name, whether it was Lamara or Wamara. Yeah, sorry, I don't hear well. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate it very much. We love you guys. If you too would like to sound off, 657 464 7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Sebastian. Sebastian. Sean. Sean. And Emily C. Emily C. For the first two names, I did not read a last initial because there wasn't one. They're just like Cher. Yeah. Or Prince. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Thank you to each and every one of you who support us on Patreon, on PayPal. And remember, stop using that Amazon link. We, have we taken it off yet? It just shouldn't be there. I need I need to remove the link. We'll remove the link so that we don't have to keep telling you not to do something. That would be good, I think. We also appreciate each and every one of you that take the time to rate and review the show. The little time that it takes. Little bit of time goes a long way. Make sure you avoid using profanity because they will not post it. Yeah, the last review we we received, five star, by the way, thank you very much, said something like, here's my review. See, no cursing. Yeah. (laughs) That's all it says. So there we go. Even that. That counts. That works. Thank you for that. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who listens to us. You know, we got a few messages. Are we doing the Thanksgiving episode this year? And we are not because we did a call to the audience about whether or not we should do it. We got some people who said... It would be nice, but ultimately it wasn't a lot of people saying that. So we decided to skip it this year just because it is difficult to constantly admonish the audience to send in submissions. It, let's let's call it what it is. It bums me out. It makes me sad. Yeah. So I'm not going to... I'd rather just not do it, not face that sadness and loneliness <laughs> and darkness, you know. Yeah. I'm taking care of my mental health, Brittany Page. So we're skipping it this year. If that disappoints you, feel free to go back and listen to the old Thanksgiving episodes this year. That's a solution. There are two of them on YouTube. So you can search Thanksgiving Dollamore and two of them are up on YouTube and then the rest you can find on the website. That's right. All right. We love you guys. Thank you very much for all your support. You're the goddamn best. Dalemocracy, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Before we start with Dalemocracy, I want to give a quick COVID lecture. And I know everyone is probably sick of hearing it, but as we enter It's important, man. It doesn't matter if people are sick of it. It's fucking important. Yeah. As we enter this next phase, I mean, well, some of... (laughs) We'll just start, Okay. (laughs) what is happening there's kind of a divide where people are saying oh another shutdown is coming and then i'm sitting here like i have been living since march as though the shutdown has never stopped when did it stop yeah even though indoor dining opened in orange county uh, there that has not happened let me tell you something (laughs) i see we drive by places and i'll see a small restaurant filled with people through the doors or the windows, that 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 blows my fucking mind. I cannot imagine sitting inside a restaurant filled with maskless people eating, drinking, laughing. That that's anathema to me. Yeah. So I want to I want to read this uh, this tweet. A small wedding in Maine, one hundred and seventy seven infected with COVID, seven dead, and the most prominent line here is that none of the victims who lost their lives attended the party. Wow. And I, wow. I I want to read this because I I'm trying to get people to understand that if you're one of those people who has continued to live your life as though this isn't real or it isn't serious and you think if I get it I'll be fine, that might be true. But please, it's not about you. You could get it. You could not have symptoms. You could be fine. 
And because you're not following the rules, you could give it to somebody else who then loses their life. Yeah. That's the reality here. Listen, if you're eating inside of a restaurant, you're not following, you're not taking this seriously. You might be following the specific rules of your particular municipality because you live in a place that's run by morons, but you're not taking this seriously. And that's, look, feel shame, feel whatever. Just stop being a fucking asshole and putting people at risk. So Jesse and I have different approaches to how we're trying to talk about this. <laughs> Jesse has the correct one. Brittany is a little bit more me, 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 me. I don't know what that was. Wow. But... <laughs> Someone's a dick today. Every day. So I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to. Am I, am I putting a monkey wrench in things because you're trying to be a nice guy? No, and listen. I'm... I just, I want people to find their empathy before their tragedy. That's just what I want to happen here. Yeah. And, and you're starting to see this pattern where people that have had it or they know someone who had it, they're taking it more seriously because their life has been touched by it personally. And can we get to the point in society where we just allow ourselves to be informed and shaped by the stories of others and the people who know more than us about things we don't know a lot about? Yeah. I mean, Doctors Without Borders is coming to the United States, you guys. Okay, listen. (laughs) Say that sentence one more fuck. Listen, Doctors Without Borders goes to third world countries where their services are most needed. Say it again one more time. Doctors Without Borders is coming to the United States. Doctors Without Borders is coming to the United States of America, the richest, most grand country the earth has ever witnessed. And we need Doctors Without Borders to assist in the pandemic that shouldn't be as dangerous, it shouldn't be as as widespread as it is in America right now. And the reason we need Doctors Without Borders is because people aren't taking this seriously. They're not being empathetic of their fellow uh, Americans. They're not wearing a mask. They're going to eat out. They're being fucking problems for the rest of us. So again, different approaches. Um, <laughs> Not sorry. Okay. So that's that's the main takeaway, though. And, and I feel like that is a very motivating idea that you could be fine, but you could kill someone else. Because that's how viruses work. So that should be a pretty motivating idea, I'm hoping. That's why I'm talking about it. And I hope that you share it with your circle. We put the information for that on the Facebook page. So if you want to inform people about what happens, about attending small gatherings and then going back into society and not following the rules, that is the potential consequence is that someone who did not attend your gathering could be killed. So happy Thanksgiving and let's all be safe and concerned about other people. All right. Well, speaking of things that make me fucking insane, Brittany Page, Kaylee McEnany, listen, the Trump administration has not just flouted the rules. They have acted with impunity in the face of their criminality. Things that break the law, they violate our laws, like the Hatch Act, which prohibits employees of the executive branch of government, except for the vice president and president, from from uh, campaigning and acting on behalf or acting in a political nature. Kaylee McEnany went on Fox News this last week, and she's they're trying to do this. Well, first of all, here's the other thing. 
I guess it would be second of all, here's the other thing. Is that the problem lies in that Donald Trump has to decide, he gets to decide whether or not the Hatch Act violation of his employees gets forwarded on to the Justice Department and 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 sought prosecution. Very good system. Yeah, gr- wonderful system. How beautiful that the violator gets <laughs> to decide whether or not they get prosecuted. Makes a lot of sense. So... We've seen this with with Ivanka Trump. We've seen this with Kellyanne Conway. We've seen this with Kaylee McEnany even before. And it continues. She's now making the rounds on conservative media, not as the, the White House press secretary, which is where she makes her money. She's an employee of us. She's making the rounds as a campaign advisor for 2020. This is how she was introduced on Fox and Friends. Kelly McEnany joins us. She's got a dual role here. She's on as the Trump 2020 campaign advisor. She uh, doesn't can- have a fucking dual role. Brian Kilmeade, you goddamn vacuous toilet brush. She's the White House press secretary. And here she is. Well, Violet, go ahead. Well, she does have a dual. She is. She has two roles. I mean, that's what he's talking about. But what you're saying is that she shouldn't have two roles. That yeah, she shouldn't be allowed to have. Yeah, the one two is roles. official. One is not. One is illegal. One is not. And she should, as she's coming on this show, be acting as the White House press secretary. That's right. And not be able to have separate roles when she's speaking on TV. Right. So here is where she violates the fucking Hatch Act. I mean, throughout the entire interview, but here is just, it really exemplifies what kind of a lawless administration we've been living under for four years. The Republican, he said, listen, give Joe Biden the presidential daily brief. After all, Senator uh, Harris gets, gets, she's on the Intel committee. She's getting, uh, she has high, uh, high level security access. Has the president considered that? Um, I haven't spoken to the president about that. Um, that would be a question um, more for the White House. But I will say that all laws are being followed um, with regard to an expected um, transition, though we expect to continue on um, as the Trump administration. <clears throat> we will see um, how our litigation goes. So in this clip, she is referring a question to herself. That is exactly what she's doing. And <laughs> not stating that explicitly because that would be weird but she's saying that she's deferring it to the white house so everyone watching it is like yeah yeah that makes sense and who answers questions for the white house on behalf of the white house it's kaylee mcenany well the people watching that are probably not gonna care because they're spending the morning with fox and friends that right there is what where we are is they don't care listen I criticized Joe Biden and having him being over the the Ukraine situation simultaneously while his son is on the board of uh, a major corporation in Ukraine that had questionable dealings. I criticized that. People say, well, his son Bo had just died. He couldn't be in it. That's fine. Then he needs to step away and have someone else take over. Conflicts of interest need to be addressed. Violations of the law need to be addressed. This is just as unacceptable as that was. However, because of the team nature of fucking things, Democrats overlook the, the, the Joe Biden thing and Republicans overlook this. We shouldn't be overlooking any of this. We are owed an ethical government. We are owed that. It is our fucking birthright. 
and we're flushing it down the fucking toilet. And this is a criticism for everybody, but right now, especially for Donald Trump supporters and especially Donald Trump, thank God we'll be getting out of it. But going forward, we owe it to one another and ourselves to hold our government accountable. Don't let what went on with Donald Trump dumb down the expectations we have for our leaders. Well, and everyone knows. I mean, there's certainly people that I know who are Democrats who would probably make jokes about wanting other Biden family members in the administration because there are people on both sides that, again, it doesn't come down to policy for them. It comes down to rah, rah, my team. And they start to look at figures within the Democratic Party as celebrities or these perfect beings that they look up to. And that's one of the benefits is that Biden is not appointing people in his family yeah. to positions of power in the administration. And and if he were to, we would be screaming about it. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, but a lot of people wouldn't, but we would. We definitely would be. And I hope that it would just be a small percentage of people that wouldn't find that to be a problem. Keep hoping. That would be my hope. But Keep hoping. Okay. <laughs> not with what I've witnessed. Yeah. I, I just, I don't buy it. I, I mean, I want to preach it and scream it and yell it and fucking shame people into it. Yeah. Whatever. By any means necessary, Brittany Page. Okay. <laughs> because shame, shame, as we've discussed, is such a powerful it's not. motivator for it's people. It's not, but it makes me feel like I did something. Well, as long as you feel like you're doing something, I guess. Am I right? So the other thing that is fucking enraging right now. Oh, is this just kind of the rage list that we're going down? Uh, that's what it's turned into. <laughs> I mean, the clip was set. W- the topic was set. But rage topic one. Rage topic two. Is how Donald Trump and his acolytes, Donald Trump and his surrogates, Donald Trump and his supporters, Donald Trump and his cult members are now running with this theory that there was widespread voter fraud throughout this election, and that is why Joe Biden is where he is as president-elect of these United States. And it's not just from random dum-dums on the street who go to the Million MAGA march in Washington. It's from people like Tucker Carlson, who this last week was highlighting, and I'm using big, giant, fat, over accentuated air quotes right now uh the 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 dead voter fraud the the cases of fraud and he's he's drilling down on them and reporting them as fact and then intrepid local reporters are going out and investigating these specific individual cases and finding them to be complete bullshit yes and this reporter that you're speaking of is Brendan Keefe with 11 Alive News, which is kind of, it's interesting that 11 Alive News is reporting this case that these voters that Tucker Carlson and Matt Gates and even Donald Trump held up as being dead are actually alive. 11 Alive News, everybody. Here's the, here's the, here's the news package from the local 11 Alive News. 11 Alive has confirmed that two of the four Georgia voters the president accused of fraudulently voting dead are very much alive. Our chief investigator, Brendan Keefe, tracked them down. 
Mr. James Blaylock of Covington, Georgia, a World War II veteran, voted in the election, the president's campaign tweeted. The only problem? He passed away 14 years ago. Sadly, Mr. Blaylock is a victim of voter fraud. That claim was amplified on national television. And no one quite embodies that story like James Blaylock of Covington, Georgia. Mr. Blaylock was a mailman for 33 years until he passed away in 2006. 14 years later, according to state records, he was still mailing things. James Blaylock cast a ballot in last week's election. False. James Blaylock did not vote in last week's election. Mrs. James Blaylock voted in last week's election. He's not voted. He didn't vote. It was you. It was me. Agnes Blaylock voted using her married name, Newton County confirmed. Her voter registration was signed as Mrs. James E. Blaylock Jr., and that's exactly how she signed her name when she voted in the November 3rd general election. The president of the United States was accusing you of voter fraud, essentially. Oh, I know it, and, and I knew it wasn't <laughs> fraud. Is there anything you'd like people to know about your husband? Because I'm sure he's dearly missed. Best man I ever knew. Best, best one to me. I couldn't have had a better one. In his case, maybe voting from the grave wasn't really fraud, it was just commitment. Okay, but what about Linda Kessler of Nicholson, Georgia? Linda Kessler died in 2003. 17 years later, she was still voting in presidential elections. That one is also false. Linda Kessler of Nicholson was marked deceased in 2003 and did not vote. Linda Kessler, who has a different address, birthday, and zip, who is entitled to vote, did vote, said Jackson County's Board of Elections. The Secretary of State is investigating the other two alleged dead Georgia voters, but half of those named by the Trump campaign voted legally. Who did you vote for? You don't have to share that. I voted for the Democrats, for Biden. I see. And so, I guess I voted against the other one, really. Our 11 Alive voter access team is still hard at work bringing you accurate information on Georgia's retally, runoffs, and more. If you have a question, email us at whereatlspeaks at 11alive.com or text us directly, 404-885-7600. So I love this. This is great work on the part of Brendan Keefe. And, and, and the 11 Alive news team, everybody. Absolutely. But let's <laughs> let's first talk about the the damage that was done here. So you have... Tucker fucking Carlson. You have... Cons- and Donald Trump and yeah. Matt Gaetz um, and probably numerous other Republicans that shared this on Twitter or on their social networks. So you have Trump supporters who are already primed to take claims of voter fraud seriously because Donald Trump has for months been making claims about how voter fraud is serious. It could disrupt the election results. He prepped it because that was the strategy. That was a, a, a an articulated strategy, something they thought out that they were going to do. Right. And, and it's not an accident. And so now you have people looking for stories to confirm that worldview that they have and this fear that they have of voter fraud. And here comes Tucker Carlson ready to step into that role. Now, here's here's where this this entire thing could have been stopped <laughs> is that you are using time on your prominent platform to talk about four instances, four possible instances of voter fraud. Four. <laughs> right. Which aren't going to cover, which aren't going to reverse the 14,000 plus votes that Biden is up in Georgia. Right. And you lead with it. You spend countless minutes talking about it. And then Tucker goes on his show 
And he issues an apology. He says, quote, we've got some good news tonight and an apology. One of the people who voted in last week's election isn't dead. So apologies for that. And of course, we're always going to correct when we're wrong. And we were. Moving on. Right. Moving along. Moving on to more lies for this episode that we may or may not have to apologize for later. And we talk about this all the time. The damage is already done. Yeah. How many people who watched that segment on voter fraud took it in and because it confirmed their bias, now use that as a reference when they're arguing about voter fraud online or with their social networks. When it isn't even true. And you have Tucker Carlson is a fucking vile, reprehensible liar. And you have Matt Gates, who also tweeted this Tucker Carlson segment, and his tweet is still up. He has not deleted it. It's from November twelfth, and it has sixteen thousand likes and five point eight thousand retweets. That's right. So it's continuing to spread. He's not taking it down. Right. So because they because their goal isn't information. The goal, the stated goal, the intended goal is misinformation. That's why they leave it up because it's 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 accomplishing what the mission is. Right. And it does accomplish the mission because listen to this interview. This last weekend, there was the Million MAGA March in Washington, D.C. Which did not have a million people. Absolutely not. Tens of thousands, I believe. From all over the country, if only tens of thousands of people, you know, let's say 15 or 20,000 people showed up. It's not, you didn't really knock it out of the park when the name of the of the rally is the Million MAGA March. But this is Sarah Seidner from CNN interviewing one of these people who very likely listened to Tucker Carlson. At the very least, listened to Fox News and the misinformation coming from them. And the misinformation coming from people like Matt Gates. And for certain, the misinformation coming from Donald Trump. This is the pernicious effect of misinformation. Down Pennsylvania Avenue, this young lady is, is on the phone. Can we ask you a couple of questions about your sign? Okay. Tell me what your sign says. Stop the steal. And what does that mean? It means that we want all of the votes audited and recounted in all of these swing states that stopped counting at midnight and mysteriously and miraculously came up with thousands of new votes, uh, votes for Biden the next day, and some of them are still counting. And we're saying we want an honest and fair election. Do you want same places that Donald Trump won to also continue to count the vote? Sure. Sure. All all of it. If they're not done, (laughs) yes. the, the, The states have said they continued counting to when they were supposed to, their laws are in place to stop counting at a certain point, but anybody that got their votes in before November 3rd or on November 3rd are counted according to all of the different states. Do you think that all of the states that Donald Trump won were actually legitimate? Absolutely. And all of the states that Biden won, do you think those were legitimate as well? I don't think all of them that he won were illegitimate. I think the ones that stopped counting mysteriously at midnight where Trump had a very significant lead and there was what, water pipes burst into the land. Nobody stopped counting mysteriously at midnight, yeah. Just, yeah. just so you know. Well, yes, they I mean, it, they, they went by the, the law. We follow it. Yeah, we've we we've followed elections for years. Let me ask you something now, else. By the law, by the law, the media may say by the law. That's not what our Constitution says. And this no, means, it, it's it's this what the means, state's constitutions say, though. There are the state, state laws that are in the place, right? The legislatures are the ones that are going to step in now because the courts, as we know. So as some we, of the legislators have stepped in and said this is a free and fair election, including one of the people that Donald Trump put in place, who is one of the federal security electorate. Election officials who has come out and said, 
said that all of his claims are baseless, that this was a free and fair election. What do you say to that? This is someone Donald Trump actually actually appointed to a position to, to be looking over for the security of I the election. I think that the people are not fooled. We've been to the rallies. We've watched the numbers. We've watched the media who continues to lie to us and hide information. We don't get our information from you all anymore. We get our you information get directly from the people online, from their accounts. We're able to follow our representatives, follow our senators, follow the people that tell the truth and report honestly. Some of the senators that are Republican are saying, okay. Sure, you know. some of them are, because some of them are part of the swamp, and that's why they need to be cleaned out. They're, you don't believe they're anyone believe, that says that this is a free and fair election. You, you think, Absolutely Was not. 2016 a free and fair election? Absolutely not. There was probably fraud then, too. This swamp has gotten... think that so Donald deep. Trump won, I that, won I legitimately? I think that the swamp is so deep that there's probably been fraud and cheating that have gone on for decades now. If so you, why weren't you out here in 2016? Really why weren't you out here in 2016 if you thought there was fraud when Donald Trump I think won? That there's been some fraud in all of the elections. And I'm not just talking about federal elections. I'm talking about state and local elections. We now have this Dominion software that um, we have found a whole lot about with it mysteriously has glitches and they all go for Biden. Uh, people that's, are that's, I'm sorry, that's not true. But thank okay. you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, so you hear what the sentiment of people are. She doesn't believe that the election was fair and free. There's a lot of people who are here that feel the same way. Um, but by all accounts, even Trump's own appointed election security official has said that all of these claims are baseless, that this was a free and fair election. Props to Sarah Seidner, first of all, for that calm interaction. And real-time fact-checking. Yeah, real-time fact-checking. Knows the issues pretty well. Yeah, very much so. And at a certain point, here's where the conversation would have ended for me, is when the person that she was speaking to said, yes, I accept the results in the states where Trump won, and no, I do not accept the results in the states where he didn't win. I mean, And then also, it went on, there was another point, sorry, the the other point was, uh, well, so... There was widespread fraud last time. Why weren't you out here last time when Donald Trump won? You believe there was widespread fraud. Why were you not? Why were you not protesting then? Right. Well, my engagement would have ended where I just oh, referenced right, right. because <laughs> what what can you do with that? I yeah, mean, someone yeah. that feels comfortable saying that out loud and doesn't understand what they're saying or what that is indicating is, I mean, that's come on. Yeah, now. yeah. What are well, we supposed to do? What we're illustrating here is the the misinformation isn't a passive thing. It works because this lady for three and a half minutes, for three minutes and 20 seconds of this interview rattled off nonstop conspiracy theories and misinformation that has been disseminated by Donald Trump and Matt Gates and, and, and Fox news uh, just without taking a breath. Yeah. She, she knew every single conspiracy theory, even there at the end about dominion voting systems, which is a, a QAnon conspiracy theory. That's now taken ma- mainstream, um, a mainstream turn. Yeah, and Donald Trump tweeted about it. And, of course, Twitter is fact-checking Donald Trump's tweets now, saying that... They just need to kick him off the fucking platform. Yeah, because I wonder how many people are actually being convinced that weren't already convinced that the information he's tweeting is false. Yeah. I mean, it's just become kind of a fanciful, oh, yeah, Donald Trump's getting fact-checked. It's just, like, part of the norm now. Right. He's normalizing, and they're helping him normalize... A fucking terrible, damaging, dangerous thing to our republic. Yeah. So, and then you have her referencing 
people that she's following. She can't name anybody. Right, right. Like it's random Twitter people that she's getting information from that aren't actually reporters or, or trained in how to obtain accurate information. But she finds that she has some sort of expertise that she can talk about these issues. What was interesting is she said she almost said it. That the swamp has gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem good. Well, I thought Donald Trump was draining the swamp. Yeah. Wasn't he draining? The- By the way, she it was a woman. Her husband was sitting there. I'm assuming it's her husband sitting next to her. Just letting her go. Mm-hmm. Just He didn't have a fucking thing to say, man. You think he agreed? Of course he agreed. Hmm. But he was in his like camouflage, like his, his tactical gear and shit. It's just fucking dummies. Wall-to-wall goddamn dummies. And it's what we're going to have to be facing moving forward. These kind of people. They're not, again, they're not going away. And speaking of these kind of dum-dums not going away. It's the asshole of today. Michelle Bachman. <laughs> oh, Michelle Bachman. Mm-hmm. We actually should play her other Intro. So, Michelle Bachman ran for president? She did run for president in 20... 2012? Did you see how uncertain I was about that? I'm like, is yeah. that a false memory? No, I, she did. Remember, because yeah. remember she said the thing about... Um, calling uh, intellectually disabled people using the R word and um, about vaccines. Mm, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Vaccines, yes. So she represented Minnesota's sixth congressional district in the United States House of Representatives from 2007 to 2015. She has continued to have a prominent presence on like televangelist shows i know i don't know how to explain to me <laughs> I, yeah, like conservative media and and fringe right-wing radical fundamentalist evangelical platforms how, how about that that's kind of paring it down a little bit yeah so she goes on these shows and uh talks about politics and that's what she did in this clip that we're going to play well i, I want to there's a timeline here because one is pre-election one is post-election and that's really i think Pretty important. Well, it's going to drive the point home about how the tone kind of shifts here. Yeah. So, <laughs> in, it certainly shifts. In the first clip, there is a lot of certainty regarding the election outcome and how God is in control. Well, you know, it was said just before that we had a crucial moment four years ago when the intercessors in the prayer room down at KCM Ministries took to heart the different notes that we passed in to pray. And I think that we're at that moment now where the beauty of this show is that it's interactive. And all of our viewers who are watching, we need them. The body of Christ needs them. And we all need to join in with the intercessors that are praying even now. And I want to encourage with this particular scripture to pray this with me. It is Isaiah 43, 13. It says, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. And what I would say is that God has already sealed the results of this election. He has sealed it in heaven. 
And just as Brother James just told us, Satan wants to intervene with God's plans, and he has a certain amount of authority on this earth. But we as believers have greater authority because the scripture says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So that's why we can stand on this scripture. We can stand and say, number one, devil, you will not snatch out of God's hand what he is holding in his hand because he is God from eternity to eternity. And then the scripture goes on to say, no one can undo what I have done. So let's pray together now and say, Father, you are the God who is from eternity to eternity. And we say and decree and declare that no one, not even the devil himself, can snatch anyone out of God's hand. And no one, not even the devil himself, can undo what God has already done. Father, we thank you that you have sealed this election. We thank Mm. you that you are working according to your purposes. And Father, we declare mercy over the United States, mercy in this election. And we shout mercy, 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 mercy over this, to seal this in your name and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Wait, are they... Are they... she declaring mercy? I wasn't sure. She didn't say it, you know, enough times. It was mercy times 10, yes. So, listen, this was pre-election that God has already sealed the results of this election. God has sealed the results in some journal in the sky. Well, no, this is great. This is she good news. clear. Yeah, this is good news because she's really prepping herself. Either way, it seems like she's supportive of the results because, as she They're said... They're sealed. Well, as she said, no one can undo what God has done. That's right. That God has sealed the results. And so it seems pretty straightforward that she's willing to accept what God has sealed, right? So this was pre-election. I'm wondering, what, what was her tone post-election? <laughs> oh, well, that's D- a, does she want to undo what God did? That's a metaphor for what the, this clip is. <laughs> I ask, oh God, that you would take your iron rod. Ooh. And I ask that you would smash the clay jar of deceit in America. Smash the clay jar of delusion in the United States of America. Smash the delusion, Father, of Joe Biden as our president. He is not. Would you take your iron rod and smash Mm. the strong delusion that Nancy Pelosi does have her House of Representatives? We don't know that. (laughs) Smash it in Jesus' name. Smash, Lord, the takeover of the U.S. Senate by Chuck Schumer. Lord, smash it with your iron rod. Wow. It's a lot of... uh... A lot of talk about God's iron rod. All right. Um, <laughs> Jesse is he's having just, a good time. He's just smashing them clay jars with his iron rod. So she doesn't seem to be accepting that this was in God's hands anymore. Well, apparently... It the, seems like she wants to change. God hadn't already sealed the results. Because now... I mean, listen to this despair. I ask, oh, God... That you would take your iron rod. That is that is despair. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's crying out to Almighty God 
to to make a difference here. That, oh wait, no wait. We I want a redo on on the God Talk mm-hmm. is what she wants a redo of. Yeah. So fucking hypocrite. It is disturbing. We hope that Michelle Bachman is okay. Um, seems to be feeling not so hot. Don't stand close to that clay jar though, because God might just hit you with the iron rod. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Nobody wants a part of that. Yeah. It seems like it would be pretty painful. She's not a Christian. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I get it a lot because I grew up with this. Mm-hmm. Michelle Bach- Bachman. Michelle Bach- 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 Michelle Bachman was my flavor of Christianity. Yeah, that's that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. I remember we'd have kids sleep over on Saturday night, and then we'd take them to church on Sunday. There was a lot of anxiety about being embarrassed about our church, really, because they're it's nutty, fucking nutty. The blabbering in tongues quote unquote the the even raising of the hands i was just like ah this is not normal hmm. it's not normal well i didn't go to a tongue talking church but there was hand raising during yeah. worship at, at my church so i don't think that's that abnormal no i think it's become more common even among some catholic denominations there are some kind of spirit filled quote unquote evangelical type light like uh, Amy Coney Barrett is a, is a a member of kind of a Catholic sect that is more yeah. evangelical. Yeah. Well, I was just telling you the other day about my experiences at church, which are very different than other people's experiences. I think my mom and I used to run the sound booth at church, and my mom would run the slides that people would sing from. Yeah. Right. And we then the, I during worship, I ran the soundboard, like the technical issues that might come up and you were you were you were the you were the the troubleshooter yeah well it was nice because it was already set basically and then i just had to like unmute things or mute things and well i remember one time my please tell the story that i hope you're gonna tell me my pastor wanted to play a movie clip oh no different story and there was (laughs) there was an inappropriate word that was in the movie clip and so i had to mute it at a specific time stamp and then unmute it just so the word was covered. I don't remember what the word was, but what ended up happening is that I fucked it all up and I <laughs> muted <laughs> I muted right before the timestamp. So then it was really loud when the bad word came on. Yeah. Instead, which was the complete opposite, I think, of what everyone wanted to happen. I thought you were going to tell the story about the lady who thought she was a wonderful like entertainer and always wanted you to lift the level of her monitor yeah it lift the level in the speakers uh, of her voice yeah and rather than do that you would just mute her you just muted her mic well i took the <laughs> mic out of the mix i out didn't of the mute mi- the mic because you can tell when you're yeah talking well to you didn't mute the mic so she could hear herself on the monitor still but she can't hear what's coming out to the congregation yeah so <laughs> Well, it, that was a weird situation. That's a taking care of biz for Brittany Page right there. Well, I was a kid, but also it was a weird situation where she would, she she would like come over and say that she... she wouldn't, wouldn't she shit on one of the other singers yeah, I mean, and say, she I need to counteract their terribleness? She wouldn't say it directly. It was very, uh, you know, in an indirect way. Yeah. Talking about how she was better and her voice needed to be amplified in the mix because she was the best singer. So what do you do when you're a kid? You just fucking mute that person. That's what you do when you're a kid, I guess. I love it. I fucking love it. 
I'm horrified if Mark listens to this and texts me about it. I do not want to text. Mark Trailer, host of Christianity <laughs> Without the Crap. We would love to hear your thoughts no. on how, how Brittany Page bamboozled your worship services with her own machinations of power. Yeah. Over the the egomaniacs that you had singing in front of the church. I feel like he knew what he was getting into when he had any member of the Page family doing <laughs> anything near the sound equipment. So uh, we love Mark. Well, listen, if Mark is listening, he recently broke his collarbone yeah. on a mountain biking accident because he's a goddamn psychopath barreling down hills. Just get a bottle of wine and have a good time at home, brother. What are you doing? Well, I think he is doing that now. He's back at home. He's had multiple surgeries, and uh, he's on the mend. Uh, if you if you send positive vibes, if you pray, do all that for Mark Trailer. Mm-hmm. He's a good man. And also check out his podcast, yep. Christianity Without the Crap. We'll do a little impromptu uh, promo. Yeah, for Christian Christianity Without the Crap. Uh, good show. Good people. Uh, and we're going to end it there. You felt the need to after shitting on Michelle Bachman to promote a Christian podcast. I no, see. but the spirit <laughs> the spirit moved me, Brittany Page. Yes. We're lucky I didn't break out into fucking speaking in tongues. Yeah. We are lucky about that. You're right. <laughs> We're very, very, very lucky. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We're gonna see you next time. Uh we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo or a regular old fashioned email to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. Listen, uh, the the audience sounding off is a large part of what makes this program special. It makes us different. We want to amplify your, your opinions. We want to answer your questions. We want to move the conversation forward episode by episode like we've done over the course of 700 plus episodes. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I doubt.